Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and Jerry's here, too. And this is Stuff You Should Know. (laughs) I can't believe how good you've gotten at this after 15 years. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. I've had a lot of practice. Pull something like that out here, 16 years in, 15, whatever it is. Sure. I mean, I'm full of surprises, I like to think. Uh, Speaking of surprises, we want to issue a little COA right off the bat here. Good idea. Uh, And a little trigger warning. Uh, This topic is about intermittent fasting. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of baggage wrapped up anytime you're talking um, weight loss and diet techniques and Mm -hmm. especially fasting. Uh, If you've ever struggled with disordered eating, uh, fasting uh, can be very problematic, obviously, uh, even intermittently. So... Uh, and there's, there's just a lot of emotion and feelings wrapped up in all this stuff. So we just want to let people know if the title didn't give it away, we're going to talk about the ins and outs and the science of intermittent fasting. Yeah. I've had disordered eating pretty much my whole life. And when I tried intermittent fasting, it really set it off. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately. And I also noticed I, I kind of plateaued really quickly because I was using it to lose weight. But one of the things I didn't realize, Chuck, is that I guess I did kind of realize it, but it's not at the forefront of your mind that there's a lot of um, other reasons besides weight loss that people engage in intermittent fasting based on some studies that have come down the pike over the last couple of decades and especially the last decade Mm -hmm. that show it's quite conceivable that if you engage in intermittent fasting for a prolonged period of time, all sorts of health markers like blood cholesterol, um, blood sugar, um, insulin resistance, all this stuff uh, can can really improve. Yeah. 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 But, you know, as we'll see, studies are um, problematic when it comes to intermittent fasting because there's been so many of them. Uh, a lot of them have been on mice. Uh, a lot of them, some of them have been on humans, but with any kind of um, diet studies like humans sticking to mm-hmm. a diet is tough, so mm-hmm. it's hard to get accurate results. And results study wise have been kind of um, mixed. And it also the and Ed, Ed uh, uh, the Grabster helped us put this one together, but mm-hmm. 
as Ed also points out, that the media comes into play. So six, eight, ten years ago, uh, even five years ago, intermittent fasting was the cool, awesome, amazing new thing. And just in the past couple of years, I've even noticed that it's like, well, I'm not so sure about this. Yeah, um, is that is that correct? Like, I I have not noticed that. I guess I haven't oh, been sure, paying that much attention. So yeah. people are poo pooing it. Yeah, I think, but you know, I think it's like any diet fad kind of goes out of favor trend wise, and then I think there are some people in the media who will then report on like only the negative studies, right? And not like, hey, overall, it looks like this or that. No, I, no, maybe I think not. it's possible that that's what triggers the negativity toward the the diet trend. It, it's it's possible it's the chicken or the egg kind of thing. Like, does the media start poo pooing it, or does the right. public start poo pooing it, and then that's the true. other one picks it up? <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who have never tried intermittent fasting, that's one of the things. So many people have tried intermittent fasting because it's really, really easy to start. <clears throat> but for those of you who aren't familiar with it, totally cool. Um, we're going to explain it a little bit. But essentially, intermittent fasting is not so much watching what you eat mm-hmm. or even necessarily how many calories you eat, although both of those are supposed to be wrapped up in it. But yeah. the thing that really differentiates IF, for those in the know, um, <laughs> from other types of uh, caloric restriction diets is that the time you eat or the amount of time over the course of a day that you eat is really what's what's important here. Yeah, and we'll probably hammer this home a lot. Um, but while you said, and even CO8 already, that not necessarily counting your calories, that doesn't mean, hey, I got eight hours a day to stuff my face with right. whatever I want to. You're still supposed to eat a healthy diet. Uh, there is no way to be healthy and drop weight without a healthy diet. Let's just say that across the board. Yep. Right. Uh, but with um, intermittent fasting, or IF, as you said, um, there's a few different subtypes. Uh, the first uh, is also known sometimes as time restricted eating mm-hmm. or time restricted feeding, mm-hmm. which sounds weird because I don't have some uh, big giant grown up that comes in and feeds me. <laughs> I don't know about you. Why not, Chuck? <laughs> that would be pretty great. Yeah. Here comes the plane. Uh, but this is when you sort of divide your day up into um, eating hours and not eating hours. And even within that, there are different um, ways to do it. But one of the most common that you'll see online, if you look up, uh, you'll see the number 16 colon 8. Colon. And that is 16 hours um, off and 8 hours where you can eat. And uh, that's, you know, you if you're just a regular Daytime worker who sleeps at night, the good news about this one is about half the time that you're not supposed to be eating, you should be sleeping. Yeah, because that's the thing. We all fast anyway from the when we sleep. We're fasting. Yeah. This is just kind of extending it a little more, making it a little more deliberate. Unless you sleepwalk and uh, eat uh, that's food true. out of the fridge. <laughs> yeah, if you're on Ambien and eat butter. Remember yeah, that? Ambien. I couldn't wow. remember which one it was. <laughs> There's a few variations of this that, like you said, all fall into time-restricted feeding or diet. Um, I've heard 16-8 more than anything to, to just kind of encompass this whole this whole um, category. But there's like 14-10. Uh, there's OMAD, which is which stands for one meal a day. Um, essentially, what you're doing is you're just limiting how much you eat. Again, in, when you eat, it's sensible. And that in doing that, you're, you're fasting intermittently. You're doing it every day. So the intermittent yeah. fast takes place 
over the course of 24 hours, not necessarily anything longer than that. That's right. Uh, the next way you might hear um, uh, as a way to go about it that's pretty common is 5 colon 2. Uh, and th- these are days of the week instead of hours this time. So that means that for five days of the week, you're pretty much eating your normal diet. Again, hopefully uh, that should be a, a good, healthy diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on those two days, you're either not eating at all mm-hmm. uh, or you're eating really, really, really low calories. Like I've seen 200 to 600 calories a day. Um, and you probably shouldn't do this two days in a row, but I'm sure some people do it two days in a row. You actually don't really want to do it two days in a row. There's no benefits to it. And it can right. actually be counterproductive because as we'll see, you can enter what's called colloquially a starvation mode where right. your body starts hanging on to fat stores um, and slows your metabolism, which is the opposite of what you want if you're um, intermittent fasting for weight loss. So you really don't want to go beyond 24 hours, but you just do two days out of every seven and just non-consecutively. Yeah, because if you, like you said, that starvation mode, your body thinks you must be lost in the woods or the desert or something. Right. Uh, because you're not schmuck alive. <laughs> yeah, you're not putting anything in me, so uh, I'm going to slow things down metabolism-wise. Right. Uh, the third one is called the fasting mimicking diet, or FMD. It's also sometimes called the warrior diet. I had never heard of this one. It's essentially like a time-restricted one, but really, what you're just doing is eating one, like decent-sized meal, but again, really. Um, well put together, like fats and proteins and vegetables and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's a good-sized meal toward the end of the day. And then throughout the day, maybe you're nibbling on some other, like, vegetables or nuts or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's time-restricted. But the emphasis of this is to, like, keep up your nutrients just enough so that you can um, stay ripped. Like, if you're an athlete or you're right. uh, really into exercising but you want to intermittent fast for other health benefits, mm-hmm. this is probably the one that you should do. Because we should say it's no joke that when you fast, especially if you fast more than 24 hours, mm-hmm. you start to feel a little weak. You start to get some brain fog. You're, you, mm-hmm. you start to notice that you are definitely not up to snuff. Yeah. So you want to be up to snuff if you're training, but you still want to IF or your diet, friend. That's right. Uh, so Ed uh, points out, and we should also um, reiterate, that fasting means that you're not consuming calories. Uh, You want to drink water. uh, You want to drink a lot of water. And you can also drink coffee. You can also drink tea. Um, You can't dump a bunch of sugar and creamer in it. Um, But people also uh, modify IF a little bit and be like, all right, you know what? Uh, I'm going to eat a little bit of yogurt in the morning or I'll put, you know, I'll have a couple of carrots at at noon. Um, Or maybe I'll have that creamer in the coffee. Mm -hmm. So like a little bit of calories coming in. Um, but it's that's still sort of generally considered a fast. Right. That was – I couldn't do that. Like I could coast for a very long time if I just didn't eat. I can do that too. Once I started eating, mm-hmm. it was all over. Like I just wanted to eat everything in sight. So I would put yeah. off eating as long as possible. I'm kind of the same way. Uh, I think there's a misconception like – when someone like me has extra pounds that I just like eat all the time mm. and I don't, I, I can go a long, long time without eating and I'm fine. I'm not like, Oh, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think it's just like mind over matter. I just, I can do that. It's, I have a terrible metabolism, mm. awful genetics mm. and I'm learning now to eat the right foods, but, um, good for you. 
I, I think when uh, just don't judge people. If you see someone that's overweight, it doesn't mean that they just constantly are stuffing their face because that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, and even if they are, who the heck are you to judge them? Like, leave them alone. Yeah, they're, shut up anyway. Yeah, they're either <laughs> living their best life or they have a terrible burden to bear. And either way, just leave them alone. Yeah, I think that's a great stuff you should know. T-shirt is on the front. Shut up anyway. On the back, just leave them alone. <laughs> that's right. It's our new motto. I love it. We need a colon in between the two. Yeah, between everything. So um, do you want to talk about the whole idea behind this? Yeah. All right. So fasting basically is based on the idea that <clears throat> when we metabolize um, energy, it usually comes from the food we just ate. Mm-hmm. And if we have some leftover, some of that glucose is really what it breaks down to. Um, is stored in our, our muscles as something called glycogen, which is a really quick available burst of energy that we mm-hmm. can release if we need be. And then beyond that, once our, those glycogen stores are replenished, it could be converted to fat for like long-term storage, basically. That's the way you can look at it. If you don't eat, then you don't have that initial amount of energy to burn through, to power you through the day. Mm-hmm. So you have to go from the beginning to the, your glycogen stores, which you can burn up quite quickly if you're exercising. Yeah. That's really what they're for. And then after that, you're going to start burning fat. And when you burn fat, something called ketones are released. And if you're into intermittent fasting, this is the sweet spot that you feel like hitting. Yeah, and if you've ever done like Atkins or any other sort of uh, slow-carb or no-carb kind of uh, eating, then you know all about ketones. They talk a lot about ketones and ketogenesis. Uh, you could also refer to it as the metabolic switch, um, and that's that's the point where your body switches over and says, okay, I need some energy, and the only place that I can get it here is the fat stores. Yeah. Uh, and you have entered ketosis at that point. And that's a big part of a low-carb or no-carb diet and a big part of IF. Yeah, and ketones are basically what replaces glucose. Um, When you burn your fat, the ketones are released, and that's what you're running on energy. But the thing is, is your body's not set up to run on ketones for very long, which Mm -hmm. is why intermittent fasting is much safer than fasting fasting. Because as ketones build up in your blood— It makes your blood acidic, which ipso facto can eventually lead to coma and then death. And for people who are diabetic, especially, I think, type 1 diabetic, um, but I'm pretty sure for all people with diabetes, um, it's really hard for your body to balance ketones in the first place. So they build up Mm -hmm. much more quickly than for other people. So that makes even intermittent fasting very dangerous if you have diabetes. And I don't know if we said this or not, but I mean— it's it, it's very smart if to number one find a doctor or some sort of healthcare provider that you whose opinion you trust and look mm-hmm. up to, and then number two talk to that person about um, whether or not you specifically should undertake intermittent fasting. Yeah, and if you have diabetes, I'm guessing they're probably going to say, "Nay, eh, probably shouldn't." Yeah, um, I have a great GP now that I've had for uh, a number of years now, and I finally sort of got to the point where I locked in a GP that has gotten to know me. Mm-hmm. And it's that it's that relationship with a doctor I always wanted where I feel like he likes me and cares about me mm-hmm. and like knows me and my I, my health to a degree. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. So it's, it's really good and worthwhile. I don't uh, not want to go to him. In fact, I probably, and he's got a great messaging system, which is awesome because you don't feel like you have to make an appointment for mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, I probably bug him too much, uh, and I'm too proactive about health stuff, <laughs> if that's possible. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it's really beneficial, you know, like to to have a doctor that's invested in you, because then you can say, you know, hey, doc, I'm I'm thinking about trying this. And they'll they'll know you, and they're not just reading from a script, and they'll say, you know, it's probably not a good idea to do that, mm-hmm. or this might work for you. Give it a shot, and maybe come see me in three months, and we'll do some blood work and check you out. Right. Good stuff. That is great stuff. You're very lucky, very fortunate, Chuck. Yeah. I, I feel like I went many years without having a good GP and didn't go to the doctor a lot because of that. Well, that's an excellent reason not to go to the doctor. Like you said, you don't want to go to the doctor, and then— Either the doctor might be making you feel bad about yourself, which is a terrible, terrible thing for a doctor to do, or if you feel like they're phoning it in um, and just kind of giving you boilerplate advice, Right, that doesn't really make you feel any better either. So, yeah, I mean, to find a really good doctor is, man, hang on to that guy. Yeah, and he uh, cusses in front of me, which I love. Oh, yeah? And he uh, recognized and complimented my pavement shirt last time I was in. Oh, so, like, he ticks all the boxes. Wow. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> what a dream boat. Yeah, Dr. Ramsher. I'll shout him out. He's great. So, I say we take a little break, and we'll come back and talk about what studies say about all this stuff. Let's do it. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, it's time you heard about Squarespace. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own website. Whether it's an online course or custom merch, Squarespace has you covered. That's right. Courses is a great program. You can start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with a powerful Fluid Engine editor. That's right. With Fluid Engine, which is a next-generation website design system, by the way, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. That's right. And don't forget the commerce side, because after that, you can charge a one-time fee, or you can even sell a subscription. Yeah. So turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. And right now, go to squarespace.com slash stuff for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code stuff to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids, because let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. All right, Chuck. So um, there have been a tremendous number of studies on intermittent fasting. Going back, I think, to the 60s is when it really started to kind of get underway. But it really picked up in like the, the 2010s. Yeah. Um, and that's when everybody was like, oh, this stuff is so great. It's amazing. And, and like one study came in and said it's great. So now we're all going to try it. Um, since then, things have kind of leveled out a little bit. Like you said, people have, if not started to poo-poo it, at least started to look at it with a little more skepticism as you should, anything like that. Yeah, agreed. But if you look at the major meta-studies that look at really high-quality studies together, um, it seems like the – it it's backed up that the that there is something to this, especially in realms outside of weight loss. Yeah, um, and we'll we'll kind of go through those in a sec. But Ed did point out that like what you're looking at is calorie restriction mm-hmm. uh, in in general is what IF accomplishes. It's just sort of in the way that it does it. Uh, so calorie restriction is going to improve. You know, you're going to lose weight if you take in less calories. It's kind of a no brainer. Uh, you'll probably end up with better health markers as a result of fewer calories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of studies say like, hey, this is sort of like any other calorie restriction uh, in that you're, you're going to lose some weight. Um, but IF is, uh, is easy, easy to follow, uh, or I guess I should say easier to follow for some people mm-hmm. than um, calorie counting. Uh, there's a lot of great apps out there. Um, a lot of great fitness trackers where you can enter the foods you eat, enter mm-hmm. the drinks you have and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and all the snacks and your exercise, and it'll keep track of all that for you. So it's easier than ever before to do that. But it's still really hard for some people like me to do that. I, I go through periods where I'm really good at entering all that stuff. And then I got to the point where I was like, ah, I just I, I know how to eat. I just need to do that. I, I'm really tired of having to get up my phone. Right. Every time I put something in my mouth. So it's not a great fit for me. But something like intermittent fasting is just sort of, uh, you know, if you're doing 16-8, that's, that's all you got to remember. And then just eat sensibly. Right. Um, the upshot of the whole thing is that the, the recommendation is eat fewer large meals. And scientifically speaking, a large meal is 1,000 calories or more. Mm-hmm. Cut, cut some of those down to 600 calories, 700 calories even. Um and you will start to lose weight, um, especially if you convert the, you know, fried, um, I think they call it an ob- obesogenic diet, mm-hmm. lots of sugar, lots of fried foods, or yeah. also called the American or um, standard American diet. Um, if you convert that to healthier stuff and you're knocking some of the calories off, you really will see good results, especially if you can change your attitude toward food and right. come to appreciate that then you can make it like a long-term adaptation. The The point here is it doesn't matter how you approach that, whether, like you said, counting calories and 
staying within a certain window uh, every day or mm -hmm. just doing it through intermittent fasting. That's a good way to cut out a thousand calorie meal. Just don't eat past a certain time and make sure that that time comes before you typically would eat a thousand calorie meal. Yeah. And a um, and I guess there's, you know, just a lot of uh, firsthand accounts in this one because I've struggled with weight for a lot of my life. But mm. uh, for me, it's like I had to get to that point that I've only just recently gotten to where it wasn't about like denying something that I craved, but it was about looking at something that I really love to eat and been like, oh, God, no, I, I can't eat that. You know what I mean? Yep. Like now when I see a big like cheese, greasy cheeseburger and fries, I don't go, oh, God, that looks so good. And I want it so bad, but mm -hmm. I can't have it. Mm -hmm. I look at that and I go, my God, that looks like, a, you know, a heart attack on a plate. I can't like it's not appealing. It's a little bit appealing, but it's not as appealing looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm glad you correct yourself because I don't think it is meant to be a switch where you go from, oh, my God, I want that burger to gross. I'll never eat that again. I'm right. sure that happens for some people, but I don't know that that's realistic for the majority of people. Instead, like a really well-crafted burger like that is right. pretty rare. <laughs> we talked about this in the fried chicken episode. If you just held out for really genuinely good fried chicken uh -huh. and di that's the only kind you ate, you would automatically start eating less fried chicken. Same thing with the cheeseburger. Same thing with anything that's unhealthy or bad for you. I'm making scare quotes right now. Yeah. Um. If you just stick to the ones that are worth it, if you right. set a bar for yourself and say, that is not worth it, this is worth it, and you indulge in the worth it stuff once in a while, then you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Like That makes the whole thing so much easier. It's just denying yourself time after time after time. No one can keep that up. No, that's it's, really it's, tough. Yeah, it's not even worth trying. It's finding a, what's moderate for you. Right. And then from that point on, you can build like – a different relationship with food. I've been through the same stuff as you. And I'm yeah. actually, I'm pretty good at exposure where I'll go through the grocery store. I'll, I'll purposely go down aisles that I don't need stuff from that has snacks and treats on it. Just to, just to be like, this isn't worth it. I don't, it's, it's not going to look anything like it does on the box. It's not going to taste anything like what the ad is making me think it's going to taste like. It's literally yeah. not worth it. And um, I've actually kind of gotten pretty good at that to where every once in a while I'll be like, no, this is actually totally worth it. This slice of Publix right. cake is worth it. I'll yeah, do that yeah. once in a while, but um, certainly not every time and certainly not with any snack I pass in the grocery store. Yeah. I just judged a, uh, I was a, oh, yeah. a quote unquote celebrity judge yeah. at the Kirkwood uh, Spring Flings Wing Fling. <laughs> and uh, it, first of all, it was so much fun. I would be a judge in any food contest ever because it's I've never done it before and it was just really fun mm -hmm. to sit and taste the food and like to rate it according to the scale mm -hmm. uh, had a really good time but it was 15 chicken wings <laughs> some of these were the big huge double wings you oh, know with wow. the, the drum and the mm -hmm. the flat mm -hmm. uh, and you know I the one I ate like probably five of them all the way through because mm -hmm. they were that good. Mm -hmm. But the others, I just, like, ate a bite or two and tasted. But then I looked at the plate at the end and all of those wings, and I was just like, how did I used to sit down and just scarf through 12 to 15 chicken wings mm -hmm. like it was nothing? Mm -hmm. It's like, that's just so much stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a, a mental hurdle I, I, I guess I'd finally got over. 
Um, but again, you know, it's different for everyone, and I'm not saying my problems are solved. It's it's where I am right now, you know. Yeah, and I wanted to say something for for those of you who are into body positivity, um, believe that you know diet culture is very harmful. I totally respect that. That's your right. We're not yeah. we're not speaking to you. We're not trying to convince you to think otherwise um, at all. At all. This is not for you. But there are plenty of listeners out there who are in the same boat that you and I are in, Chuck. That want to lose weight and have struggled with this for so many years. And I guess we're just sharing what's worked for us, which may or may not work for you. But I just don't want anybody to think like we're shaming anybody who's not trying to lose weight. Not at all. Hopefully you know us that well or well enough by now to know we wouldn't do that. But I feel like it's worth worth pointing out just because it can be such a sensitive subject for people. And understandably so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I do believe that you can be very healthy at, at a range of weights. I'm talking about, I'm for me, I don't mean I want to look good in my bikini <laughs> bottoms. Uh, I like have some poor health markers at my age. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just inevitable, and I want to be around for my daughter, and I want to be around to record this dumb show. <laughs> You'd be so Great. mad if I dropped dead. I would be pretty upset. <laughs> I would. I'd kick your corpse. You better be, like, be, yeah. Dummy. You better kick me. <laughs> you just had to eat that last fried chicken cheeseburger, didn't you? I'd put your ashes in a in a uh, punching bag and I'd box it. <laughs> That's a really great idea. Yeah. Not for you, but I'm saying, like, that. if you're a boxer, you could definitely do worse with your ashes. Oh, I thought you meant, like, you know, did you hate your parents? Put them in a heavy bag and beat them up for the rest of your life. That works, too. Man, that feels uh, good. This got really dark. Um, all right. So let's look at some of these meta studies and what they've revealed. Because um, like I said, a lot of these have been done on mice mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, there, there's less research on humans, but still a lot. I think Ed said there were like 300 IF studies last year mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 2020, the NIH looked at uh, a bunch of studies that went back uh, several decades and said this, uh, hundreds of animal studies and scores of human clinical trials have shown that intermittent fasting can lead to improvements in health conditions such as obesity, diabetes, uh, cardiovascular disease, cancers, and neurological disorders. Uh, so, you know, there you go. That's a meta-study analysis. Yeah, by the by the NIH, which, I mean, they typically, hopefully, don't throw their weight towards something that's illegitimate. Um, yeah. I mean, it's so hard to find anybody to trust um, everyone's got such an agenda these days, but, um, I mean, if you're going to trust somebody, it might as well be the NIH. Right. So, um, yes, they basically said you, there are other health benefits out there besides just losing weight and that it could conceivably be worth trying. Um, one of the things they pointed out was that, um, when you release ketones, it, it, it basically triggers your body to go into a defensive state anti-inflammatory state, um, your immune system kicks in. Uh, there's all sorts of, of things that happen and change in your body when you start burning fat. And um, one of the things that, that uh, it does is it starts um, kicking off your defenses against metabolic stress. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. Um, it's not metabolic syndrome where you have like insulin resistance and basically prediabetes or maybe diabetes. Um, this is different. This is what happens when you exercise um, and you start tearing up your muscles. That actually triggers your body's defenses to rebuild and repair and, and build more muscle 
It's the point of exercising and resistance training. And that um, one of the things that happens with ketones is it actually helps that process uh, go more smoothly of repairing and, and building muscle. So at least one study has found that um, if you exercise um, using IF, mm-hmm. that it can actually help build muscle. That's one study that we turned up, but it, it makes logical sense if that's what ketones do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, other people have come out, too, just to point out um, that it, since intermittent fasting isn't just one thing, and there are quite a few different subtypes and ways to go about it, mm-hmm. that it also can complicate studies uh, because, you know, some people might qualify 5-2 or 16-8 or the OMAD. Was it OMAD? Mm-hmm. Yeah. OMAD or warrior diet as intermittent fasting. So, you know, for a study, you should be comparing apples to apples. Yeah, one other big criticism of the um, the enthusiasm for intermittent fasting is a lot of these studies, they leave off like in mice or, um, right. you know, in rats. Mm-hmm. The, the, so like, for example, there's a there's a big talk about converting white fat to brown fat. Brown fat is much easier to burn. Yeah. Um, and it, it's how you lose weight, basically. It's how you burn fat. And that intermittent fasting helped turn more white fat to brown fat in mice. That's not necessarily something that you see in humans, but at least in mice with intermittent fasting it is. So if you hear like, oh, yeah, it helps you burn fat faster, ask yourself like, wait, how? And then secondly, uh, how how did they figure that out? Yeah, that's a good, good point. Should we take a break? Oh, sure, sure. All right, let's take our second break, and we keep kind of uh, – teasing a little bit some uh, some of the more positive health outcomes that you can have. And we're going to get to those right after this. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode... Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right. Uh, we're back with some promise. Uh, bullet points as Ed has them. Uh, and you already talked about the brown fat in mice. Don't take the brown uh, fat. That's right. I, I had never heard of white fat and brown fat. Uh, it seems crazy. Brown fat sounds kind of tasty. <laughs> it really does. You know? Yeah. It's like fatty gravy is what it seems like uh-huh. to me. <laughs> well, you want that brown fat, though. Totes. Uh, I think brown fat, like, is your body's way of, like, heating your body up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're upping your body temperature? Yeah. So, this is totally me armchairing this. But from from the research, putting together different threads of research from this topic, white fat is probably the deep storage of energy. Mm-hmm. And then the process of burning that fat, uh, part of that is converting it to brown fat first. That's my we, guess. Yeah. Which you do in a cast iron skillet. <laughs> That's right. You brown some fat. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, all right. In mice, once again, and some of these are in human, and we'll point that out. Uh, but in mice, it did show that uh, you had uh, improved metabolism and improved intestinal function with uh, an IF diet. And, and, and specifically intestinal stem cell function. And they think that at the stem cell, intestinal stem cell level, is where disorders like um, type 2 diabetes, obesity, and colon cancer happen. Mm-hmm. It's from an excess nutrient uptake, they think, which releases way more hormones than normal, and thus it leads to all these problems. And so what they were saying in mice, it actually curbed that, which is really helpful. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's reducing inflammation, our old friend that we just talked about. Exactly. Or I guess our old enemy. Right. <laughs> I said that wrong. Uh, what else? All right, this one's in humans. Uh, it can lead to a reduced resting heart rate. Uh, lower your bad cholesterol, which is the LDL, Mm. and reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease. That's right. Uh, Also reduces fasting blood glucose and insulin levels, so that reduces your diabetes-related symptoms. That's a big one, too. In Mm. humans, yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Sure. What about the next one in mice? Uh, Reduction in oxidative brain damage. So what we're talking about is potentially a reduction in... Uh, symptoms of uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah, and they found something similar in humans, not necessarily a reduction in Alzheimer's symptoms yet, but at least an increase in cognitive performance, which is mm-hmm. kind of contradicts what I've experienced where you get brain fog after a while. But what they've kind of traced it to is that it helps mitochondria function in the brain. Mitochondria are the little powerhouses of the cells. Mm-hmm. And that it also aids in neurogenesis. So it's actually help you're actually developing more neurons than you would if you weren't intermittent fasting is what that study showed yeah um i hope you can pronounce this next word uh what uh, ketogenesis can release what is that adiponectin Hmm. okay very nice what is that adiponectin is a homeostatic signal hormone and basically what it does is it helps regulate glucose levels helps in lipid metabolism 
helps in uh, insulin sensitivity. It helps move insulin into the cells where it's the where the insulin's carrying the glucose. It helps mm-hmm. in insulin production. It's basically you want a decent amount of uh, adiponectin in your in your bloodstream because it's a very helpful um, balancing act, balancing hormone. All right. Um, so those are some positives. Uh, Ed pointed out that there's there are a lot more uh, bullet points he could have included. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any extras you wanted to throw in there? There or? is another one um, that that it also moderates leptin, and leptin is a hunger signaling hormone yeah, that we've talked about leptin. before. But it's produced by adipose, right? So your body's like, oh, I've been burning some fat. I'm going to release some leptin and make you feel hungry. So it triggers hunger and food consumption. And if you have too little leptin, uh, you're going to be hungry all the time, like starving, and you're going to overeat even though you don't necessarily need it. If you have too much leptin, your body will actually become desensitized to it and uh, leptin-resistant. And so it's going to have the same effect as too little leptin. You're going to be hungry all the time and keep putting on weight. So... Intermittent fasting seems to moderate your leptin levels to a, a kind of like a Goldilocks zone of where mm. you want it. The old Goldilocks zone. Mm-hmm. It's such a great analogy. It really is because it means it's just right. Yep. Um, if you wondered about how it compares to other um, kind of more recent uh, diets, although Mediterranean's not recent at all, it's as old as uh, the as the world. As is. old as the Bronze Age. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, sort of talking about the Mediterranean diet has become sort of trendy lately, as well as paleo. And there have been studies, there was one in 2020 that compared uh, paleo, Mediterranean, and IF. And uh, I think in those groups, IF lost the most. 8.8 pounds. Um, yeah, compared to the other two, everyone lost weight. Uh, Mediterranean diet is a great way to eat. Um, uh, and I've never done paleo, but I've heard good things about that too. But uh, one point that Ed found in the study is that uh, people on IF and Mediterranean um, adhered to these diets uh, about 20% uh, more than on the paleo. Mm-hmm. And it's just common sense. If it's, a, it's, if it's a diet you're doing for health markers or weight loss and you're not sticking to it, then you're not really going to get the the real result of what that diet means or how it affects you. Yeah, and you know, um, I meant to point up at the very beginning of the episode where we were talking about how um, you know, like some there's just all diets are fads. Mm-hmm. The Mediterranean one seems to be the one diet that bucks that trend because it's been yeah. around steady since the '90s. Easily, I would say even early '90s is when it became popular. Well, as far as labeling it that, right? Right, exactly. But then, so so non-Mediterranean people trying a Mediterranean diet, I think, really right. kicked off in the 90s. And, I mean, people are still trying it now, and some people have adopted it and kept it. And I just feel like that that's the one that's that's the most doable for people, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, because it's, um, you're not, I mean, you're denying yourself, like, stuff like fried chicken, but... You're, you're still eating, like, really good food. I mean, I guess if you cook the fried chicken as a boneless, skinless chicken breast in olive oil, that's fried <laughs> chicken, right? Yeah, but Mediterranean, like, you're eating good fish. Like, you know, those are some of the, the hallmarks of that diet is olive oil and yeah. fish. And, and wine. Uh, Don't forget the wine. <laughs> wine and nuts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all yummy tasty anyway. So uh, it's I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's finding good fish is sometimes the problem. If you live inland, uh, yes, it really, really is. It's sad, but true. Although, have you been to Beetle Cat in I think Emmon Park 
her little five? I have been there many, many times. It's one of the places that I like to take out-of-town guests because it's Great. fun and lively and delicious. And really quickly, one of my co-judges at the Wing Fling was Ford Fry, who's a oh, really? big Atlanta restaurateur, and that's one of his places. Yeah, he's a big shot. Yeah, Ford's great. Did you he's, literally rub elbows with him? <laughs> he was next to me, actually. But he and my brother are old friends. They, of Their kids played baseball and stuff together. So mm-hmm. uh, Ford's cool. That's cool guy. Neat. So you already knew him before you judged with him? I had met him once. Uh, he was very kind. And when his original flagship restaurant, JCT, was open, we had a big Mother's Day or birthday dinner there with a bunch of my family. Mm-hmm. And he comped the whole meal. It's like 10 of us. Wow. And uh, that was my first experience with Ford. So just good dude. It's a great first experience. What are you going to say about Beetle Cat, though? Well, they have, like, the best giant shrimp you will find in the state of Georgia by far. Maybe even including inland Carolinas. Okay, You know what that means is Ford's got a guy. He has a a great guy. And also, (laughs) every once in a while, people will email us and be like, hey, I'm coming to Atlanta. Where should I eat? Just look up a Ford Fry restaurant and go to it. Mm-hmm. And there's you will not go wrong. You cannot go wrong at a Ford Fry restaurant in Atlanta. It's true. Yeah, he's got a great Italian place, great Mexican place, great seafood place. Yep. Uh, he kind of covers all the bases, and uh, I, I would recommend upstairs at Beetle Cat unless you're uh, young and like to party. Downstairs is a little rowdy for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it upstairs. I've only ever been there during the day, and it was not rowdy, but it Were looks you downstairs? cool. Yeah, downstairs. It gets a little rowdy at night. I can imagine. <laughs> for, for a fish restaurant. Yeah. So this is how Ford Fry's restaurants work. Um, I think we I know, seriously. <laughs> you got anything else on intermittent fasting? Oh, um, oh, wait, there is one more thing. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We should talk a little bit about circadian rhythm fasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is another subtype of intermittent fasting. Uh, and it's almost like the 18-6. Is it 18-6? Sixteen eight, 16, eight. yeah, <laughs> uh, sixteen eight. Um, but the the whole key with the uh, and they found really good results. And I'll let you uh, kind of put the cherry on top with that result with the mice. But um, what it really means is doing uh, restricted eating like that, but um, really focus on the morning. So like maybe an eight a.m. to six p.m. is when you're eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even 5 p.m. and like literally nothing after that. Yeah, every once in a while you'll find somebody who's like, no, you you need you need to have your biggest meals earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard it put as um, eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen, and uh, I can't remember the last one, but basically not royalty for dinner. Dinner like the guy who sweeps up the poop in the horse stall. Exactly, right? <laughs> so, um, and the point is you're just eating your highest energy food earlier. And um, that's actually tied to circadian rhythms. And one study on um, uh, time, time restrictive uh, feedings found that uh, mice lived up to 35% yeah. longer lifespans if they did circadian timed feedings. And I think they were doing this like they were probably testing the mice's hormones to determine whether they should be fed right then or not, like that level. Mm-hmm. But you can still do it by what you just said, like start eating a little earlier, um, restrict your um, food in the evening, and then eat the most toward the beginning of the day. That would qualify as or circadian timed um, food or yeah. circadian timed uh, feeding. And if you did that, if you're uh, an average person in the United States – Average lifespan is 77 years. You would add 27 years onto your life <laughs> if that worked out for you like it did the mice in that study. 
Yeah, and we should point out in that study that was 35% longer for specifically the circadian rhythm model mm-hmm. uh, compared to 10% longer for just regular uh, intermittent uh, restricted feeding. Yeah, still nothing to sneeze at. Nothing, to, and you know, 10%, do you really want to live 35% longer? I mean, if it's healthy <laughs> and you don't care about your loved ones, sure. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Or if you make new friends really easily. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, I got nothing else. I don't either, which means, of course, everybody, it's time for listener mail. All right, I'm going to call this one uh, a, a listener from the Czech Republic. Oh, nice. Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, hi, Josh, Chuck, and Jerry. My name is uh, Otakar, and I live in the Czech Republic. Great. I started listening to the show about two years ago when I started uh, a 40-minute commute. And I've never listened to, I had never listened to any podcast before, so I asked Google to give me some options, and that's how I found Stuff You Should Know. Thanks, Google. That's right. Uh, it was exactly what I needed. Uh, I really like the way your podcast is basically a normal conversation between two guys who are from the same generation as I am about so many interesting topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I wouldn't find some of the topics interesting myself, but because you research the things and talk about them in such a great way, there's always something worth remembering for me. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's very nice. Uh, this whole thing is just a very sweet letter. I love it. Uh, I've always been curious about things and good and remembering random facts that I've heard somewhere. So your show is just the perfect way for me to find out something new that I might want to uh, look a bit more into later. I often wonder if teaching at schools should actually be done by two people having a conversation about a subject. How about <laughs> That'd that? Be pretty cool. I mean, yeah. isn't that like a, isn't that Platonic or Aristotelian? Like it's some form of probably teaching. Socratic. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Socrates. Uh, it is so great. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess there's a very little chance that you're going to do a live show in the Czech Republic. <laughs> That's probably right. Uh, but if any of you would, would ever travel to Prague, let me know. I can give you some hints about where and when to go see the best of Prague. Uh, thank you very much for what you do. I find the fact that there are people like you who like to explore things and talk about them in such an enthusiastic, kind, and often funny way, very comforting. Best regards, Otakar. Man, Otakar, that is a very sweet, very sweet email. Thank you very much for for sending that to us. And Prague is definitely on my list, for sure. I've been, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, you need to go back. You were, like, broke and backpacking, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, I think I'll, you could I'll go do and eat something besides bread. I'm pretty sure it's a different nation now, even from the last time you were there. So check no, it out. No, it was newly the Czech Republic then. The what the what would they call it? The Velvet Revolution. I don't know, but it was not Czechoslovakia. I, d- I do not remember that. At least gotcha. I think it was. Okay. Well, at any rate, I think we lost Otakar even by this point. <laughs> so if you want to get in touch with us like Otakar did, you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at iheartradio.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 
20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Hey, everybody. I want to talk to you for a second here about Canva, specifically Canva presentations that are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation. So start designing today at Canva.com. Designed for work. Just go to Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com. Childproofing people's homes is hard, but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety, they make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely. Available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes.